0: Welcome to the Herald and Modcast.
1: Welcome to the Herald and Modcast. Why are we talking like this? Because we just got picked up by NPR. <laughs> it really sounds professional when the mic makes a little noise before you start like this. Okay. <laughs> Hi. 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 We're with Sweaty Balls this Network. Is, uh, Sarah. And Jake.
0: And, um... Do we sound smarter talking like this?
1: We definitely sound more professional.
0: Okay. I don't know. I don't think I can keep it up.
1: I need more sweaty balls.
0: But, uh, wow. The season finale of Walking Dead delivered.
1: It came through. Yikes. 90 minutes of tension, suspense, and terror.
0: Wouldn't it have been cool if Superman could have come down in the middle of Negan's big speech and just thrown him out into space?
1: Just took him up his space and then like <laughs> had sex with him.
0: Well, I was thinking about that because I got to tell you, that episode fucked me up. I was like, I, I couldn't sleep for a couple nights. I was really like feeling anxious and... And just and then and then I started thinking about how could we have saved them? I like like that was what was going through my head was scenarios to save, and the only thing I'd come up with was Superman. like the justice League, but let's just say let's say Superman did throw them out into space. You still have the saviors surrounding them, so you'd have to have like the flash like round them up or something. You couldn't have Batman take them all out.
1: Yeah. Um
0: how would this work how could it play out? Like
1: Well in the comics, Superman comes and <laughs> as a reader of the comics, I was expecting that to happen, but yeah. they changed it for T V, so <laughs> it's not exactly like source material.
0: I think it was a licensing issue with uh DC. No, I mean seriously. I was just like thinking, like how many of the Justice League would it take I mean, Superman could take them all out, but let's just say he's preoccupied taking Negan out like in a dramatic show of this guy's in space. And then you got to have Wonder Woman, Batman, because Batman could not take those. How many people do you think the saviors were? Hundreds. Around
1: them and in that moment? Yeah. I don't know. Probably at least 50, I'd no, say. No,
0: way more than that. I, it looked like 100, 200.
1: In that scene, I thought, I mean, all together and all the different roadblocks and stuff throughout the episode, there's a couple hundred. But I feel like in that moment, in that ending scene, there's probably maybe 70, 60, 70. I don't know, maybe 100. There was a lot of them. And cars and guns and weapons. And they're fucking they're loaded they're loaded up man then Negan comes out of the RV like waiting for his like fucking we're ready for you Negan like he's fucking walking on the set or something yeah out of his trailer it
0: was because he comes out of the trailer
1: yeah it's awesome and that one guy who's like some middle aged savior guy does all the talking that guy and he's like I think we're ready for him now like they respect him like he is fucking god they're called the saviors for god's sakes he has like a fucking messiah complex slash like psychopath messiah complex, man. And I got to say, they did justice to the character and to that sequence because it's a heavy sequence in the comics. And I knew because everyone knows what happens to Glenn, no spoilers. So when I was reading it, I was sort of like, okay, this is going to happen. But at the same time, man, I wish... Reading that you didn't know because you don't know who it's gonna be, mm. and they—it's not the same in the comics with the roadblocks and they're driving and Maggie's sick. Like Maggie's not sick in that moment. I don't even know if she. I think she's in, actually at the hilltop. It's a, Ab- It's it's Michonne and Carl and Glenn and Rick. And Eugene, I think, mm-hmm. you know, in the comics. So it's not as many, like Daryl's not in the comics, right. but Abraham's, and Abraham's ar- dead. already dead. Yeah. Yeah, and Maggie's not sick. Maggie was never like sick in the comics. She did cut her hair, but it's still when Negan comes out, he comes out in that same way. He's like, I hate doing this. I shouldn't have to fucking be here. And this the whole pee mm-hmm. pants thing.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean he Negan's like crass and he has a super like juvenile sense of humor and he, he swears like a fucking sailor. Mm-hmm. Every other word is fun. Fucking what the fucking shit in there. They can't put that in the show, but we'll get, we'll get some of that. They can say shit on the show and they can say bitch on the show and Mm -hmm. they can say asshole on the show. Can
0: they say shit? I don't.
1: Yeah, they say shit. Oh, do they? Oh, sure. Okay. I'm sure there's a limit per episode of how many shits they can have. Yeah. Like most How many FCC, shits
0: they can have
1: <laughs> they can have many shits. It's like, are you talking about shitting or is it talking, You know, like everything is like is a, Is Carl saying it because he can only say it once? Rick can say it maybe a few times, you know. But yeah, it's and So they end it with the uh, first person perspective, so we don't know who Negan does fucking mash.
0: Do do do.
1: And I still think it's Glenn. I even though Daryl and Abraham are there i think they're going to save abraham for the war cuz abraham is going to be a cool character to keep around mm-hmm. cuz again in the comic he's dead so this whole giant this whole war it's the biggest scale war in the walking dead series thus far
0: that's that's coming up.
1: That's coming up. Yeah, and I, to be honest, like people are pissed and people are mad, but I think this is the coolest About place. The cliffhanger. Yeah, I think it's the coolest place the show's ever been. Like Negan mm-hmm. is far and away the scariest human character that Kirkman's ever written, far more so than the Governor mm-hmm. and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <gasps> He's so good. Played him just gave him just, did do justice to that character with the smile, and he is. Yeah, you know, he's charismatic. Yeah. And he doesn't fucking flinch ever. Even no. when Glenn like rushes him and he's like, don't do that again. Don't oh, he gets emotional. do that again. Yeah, Glenn gets emotional he's like, I should just kill you. You look like hell anyway. To Maggie. To Maggie because she's all like pale and
0: he sweaty. He says put her out of the misery. And
1: Glenn's like, no. And she rushes him. That someone of the, the saviors grabs him. And he still isn't like... Like we haven't seen him snap. There's moments when he does snap on Rick and like loses it. But mm-hmm. even then he's still sort of always half smiling the whole time. He mm-hmm. like enjoys the whole thing. Oh. And he's like, I want to leave you guys alive so you can work for me. Right. You know? And someone put a thing of like neganomics where it's like <laughs> you work for me or I fucking kill you. Yeah. Like that's that's my yeah. welcome to the Saviors, bitch.
0: Are you a psychopath? Think yeah. Joining the apocalypse. You'll do well there. You'll do
1: well. Yeah, wait for the apocalypse.
0: You know, they talked immediately after the episode on Talking B- Dead. De- Jeffrey D. Morgan was there and Norman Reedus was there and Scott Looking Gimple good, yeah. and Robert Kirkman. It was a full crew of the people we want to hear. Yeah, they
1: could barely fit on that couch. It's I know.
0: Funny. But they talked about Kirkman said, and he's I've heard him say this a lot about Rick. He really, he thinks Rick has become a twisted He's just—he's like Rick. Would it's just if what did you say? Two Yeah, if you started Negan op, coming to the hospital and you get him to this point, I don't agree with that. Okay, because Rick, yes, he's done some things. He's killed some people. And he's come, he come a doesn't long way. Fling. she's come a long way, but. He doesn't take a wire, barbed wire baseball bat with a sick smile and bash someone's head in. And he doesn't have slave people, which is kind of what these people are. Yeah,
1: they are. They're all indentured servants, they all have to, like, make the like they earn points and shit yeah. to get food and like that's when, And, and all, another thing Negan has like a harem of wives and like he <laughs> proposes to them like you know you can be my wife and everything will be taken care of or you have to go back and you have to work like everyone else to get food and to you know get shelter and you know, items and shit.
0: That so, sounds like a World War Two internment camp like in mixed the... With a, like, mixed
1: with like a freaking Pol Pot dictator. Yeah. Or with like a guy or like a freaking what's that? The Idi Amin kind of guy right. he has like all these wives, and he's the leader. And he, if anyone has tries to hit on his wives, he kills them and kills the woman and rapes her for God's mm. sakes. Like, and that does happen. Like, there's no Negan doesn't rape anybody, but he does do like brutal, torturous punishment onto these guys. That because one of the guys had, you know, his girlfriend becomes Negan's new wife, mm-hmm. and so they still sort of have a thing. And Negan finds out, and he fucking like Dwight's face. That's what happened.
0: Oh yeah, Dwight's face. Egan does burned. that. Like yeah. Rick
1: doesn't like torture his own. No, people. No, and he
0: cares about his own people. They calls him his family. So yeah. I don't. I don't agree that they're similar at all. Like, no. I. I don't buy into that.
1: I, I just and Rick is in the beginning of the show. He was really like overly cautious. Yeah. And he wasn't willing to kill anybody. And he wanted to make it right. And he wanted to do like we have to double check and the whole Randall thing, setting him free. we didn't want to kill Randall mm-hmm. and Shane did. You know, I think Rick has just adjusted. To surviving in the apocalypse, for yeah. God's sake. Like, what do you do? Yeah. You just... But he's
0: not a psychopath.
1: He's... No, he's not. Yeah. I and mean, I don't think, like, but even that's difference. before, as Rick Grimes, the police officer with a wife and a son, wasn't a psychopath. Like, yeah. he's not, like, mentally a psychopath. Shane
0: was a little bit. I he think was. that is the difference. And they talk about a lot of times over the years, we've heard them talk about the comparisons of Rick now to Shane now, and would Rick do it differently? I still, I think there was, you know, Shane. We we saw Shane do things that exhibited somewhat of a psychopathic tendency, yeah. whereas Rick, I completely agree. I think his arc has been that he's adjusted. He. To this to the apocalypse by the way he's had to to survive, to protect his children, to protect the people he cares about.
1: And he was lost a lot. He lost his best friend. Shane became his like enemy, essentially, and like they were posturing constantly for leadership. And then he loses his wife and his wife gets eaten. Now he has a baby and a son who also becomes like a killer to survive. You know, and like what does he do? He you know, he had to fight the governor, he cut Herschel's head off. Like Rick's been through so much shit. he bit a guy's throat out to save Carl. I like know. Rick's been through some shit, man. Yeah. So I don't think he is a natural psychopath. He's not. He's a guy that has become like what his environment reflects. Yeah. And he's surviving.
0: Carl, on the other hand, has tendency more tendencies towards an actual psychopath. And then even Negan says to him because he says, kid, cry or something, and he doesn't react. Yeah. And he says he refers to him as a future psychopath.
1: Yeah. And that comes up in the comic, too, where Negan sort of there's a moment where Negan takes Carl under his wing. Hmm. kind of
0: they set that up in this episode as a potential i
1: hope they do it because it's an interesting storyline because carl sort of goes on a little militia mission and he he gets into the savior's compound like into it because he uh, hides on a truck and and then he he has a fucking like ar-15 and he starts shooting and he kills like four or five saviors on the inside of the ground and and negan doesn't let you know his people kill Carl. He's like, nah, no, he's coming up with me, and he like shows Carl around mm. and takes him up to like his master suite and shows him his wives and fucking. He's like, I gotta punish you though, kid. You killed my people, but God, you got balls and like, he, like he's like respects the kid. You huh? Know?
0: I could see them doing that visually. I, they, I could see right. them doing that. That I, would make sense. It'd be it, interesting.
1: And he doesn't. And it, it turns out that like Negan never hurts Carl. He does make him take off his gauze to like reveal his wound, and that's really? like, I think that'll be the first time we actually see what carl's oh they'll looks totally like. do that yeah they'll do that that'll be awesome you know yeah. and then he makes carl sing a song he's like sing me a song that's your what? punishment yeah <laughs> it sounds
0: like the character though it's
1: demented it's yeah. fucking weird he's like as carl's singing he's like swinging lucille around and like really in the air like yeah like shadow boxing and shit he's like keep singing don't stop don't let me scare you with my, what i'm doing Just oh keep i want to see that scene I'm so excited because please Jeff-
0: do that scene, Jeffrey <laughs> Dean
1: Morgan. He, he's so good that, that they, the casting was so good for Negan that I want to see as much of this character as I can. Yeah. I don't really care if he's bad or not. Like I'm not watching like we're watching a zombie apocalypse show. You can't get upset. When zombie apocalypse things happen. You know what I mean? Like, people get really invested in the characters. It's not fucking cheers, you know? (laughs) Like, you know, we're watching... Norm! Yeah, Norm! You know, like, Rick! (laughs) You know, Eugene! You know, and, like, that happens. That should happen with good television. But at the same time, like, I'm invested into different things on this show. I'd, I'd rather see just really good storytelling and, like, really you know, high stakes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, scenarios play out on, on these episodes. And Negan will give us that.
0: The storytelling is phenomenal, thanks to Scott Gimbal, the showrunner. And, you know, it's interesting because we've talked about this before, about the contrast to this and Game of Thrones in terms of how much control Robert Kirkman has versus how much control George R.R. Martin, because, you know, with Game of Thrones there aren't any more he, he finished the, he hasn't gotten to the next book and so they're now officially going rogue on the show
1: They're going past that last book right so there's and no source material
0: so they're making it up and whereas i it, it feels like there's a lot of control by robert kirkman to keep it in to keep the store the comics because so much that happens in the comics happens in the show
1: yeah there's like very little deviation you know except for you know Carol's dead and Andrea's still alive. Like yeah. there's certain things and Morgan's dead by now. And, you know, so there's certain characters they've chose to keep alive. and fucking, you know, uh, Abraham even, you know, so they, but I think those things in the long run work out better for the show. Like yeah. they're thinking about it as television versus a comic book that comes out every week, you know?
0: Yeah. It, the one thing we should talk about too, talking about how great the writing is a couple things. One, the whole lead up to, to the finale and Negan's entrance where Rick, they just beautifully showed the confidence of Rick through In the, the, the whole beginning. season. beginning,
1: yeah. And then for that episode, too. Yeah.
0: And just how he was we're going to do this. We got this. And then you well, just see on his face, it's gone. It's
1: by the end of the episode, he, it's gone. He's never looked so overwhelmed. Yeah. Even, even in the face of the governor, even in the face of the barn going up in flames, you know, he's, he's been, a, been able to manage and the whole like Rick at the end of season two. Like he's, he's, you know, in the beginning of season three, that scene you always reference where they're working as like special ops and nobody's speaking and yep. they're all communicating, you know, with fucking signs and I love that eye scene. contact. Yeah, like the Rick's become he's got, come to and then you know, the whole prison, you know, he's he's really built up Uh, enough experience Mm -hmm. to where I'm sure now he's like, well, we can offer Gregory his defense and we're going to take them on. And even Jesus in the, in the comic, he's like, okay, like you can try and you know, like you can do that if you think you can do that. Like no one's been able to do that. But
0: no one gave him the heads up on the sheer numbers of the saviors. And that's another thing. And you know how I feel about this. I, I still find it implausible that no one has known about these vast numbers of these guys. I mean, Aaron went out on these runs when he found the gang in the barn. Yeah. And he's constantly going out looking for people. How did he never bump into the hundreds of saviors out there within a a probably 30, 40, 50 square mile of...
1: Well, especially because the saviors have all all those outposts also, including their main complex. I'm surprised that... um, When they just get into Alexandria the first time that Deanna wasn't already indentured to Negan. Yes. Like, they hadn't found that before Rick and the gang come. I find it hard to believe because they'd already found the hilltop. And if Jesus, you know, can get to a place where Rick and Daryl were with that big truck, like, he would have found Alexandria. Yeah. It's a giant compound full of, like, brand new housing developments and people that have never had to survive. They're like right. f- fucking f- fresh pickings, man.
0: Well, and also we've spent a lot of time well, they were on foot for a long period of time before they got to yeah, Alexandria. Yeah, after
1: Terminus. Like a Terminus. But, like,
0: there's ter- but, they, but they covered let's face it not a lot of ground geographically speaking. No. And And they're they've been in search or bumping into people. I just I don't that's the one thing that bugs me because and we always talk about this. You can set up a fantasy world, and as long as you stick to the rules within that fantasy, like Potter, like the Hobbit trilogy, whatever, yeah. you know, like Super- Justice League, you'll believe within those rules. But this, to me, deviates from the rules of this fantasy world they've set up because I just don't believe that they. If if there are hundreds of saviors, I find it impossible to believe that n- no one's bumped into them before. It just doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. It's one of those things that they would say, well, you know, it's just a show. And, like, I, I buy that for, like, people being fat and people, like, grass growing. And, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, or Harold's, Carol's hair not growing. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just to show people. But, yeah, that is something that, like, logistically, because they're still in Georgia and they're still yeah. in, like, rural Georgia. Right. And I kind of want to see a map from Herschel's farm to the prison, to Terminus, yep. to now Alexandria, and like literally get like a circle drawn around and see like how much space has been taken up, you know, just as yeah. like, like a fan, some fan art or some sort of like fan de- depiction. People do that on the internet all the time. Right. Where it's like, okay, so technically if, you know, the farm is here and then that would make the prison here... And they walked this far for that long, that makes terminus there, and these are the tracks like you could get a good like radius of how much they've traveled right. And you could even probably guesstimate where the Savior's compound is, right? Because for them to set up all those roadblocks on all those specific roads yes. towards the hilltop, it, they can't be that far away.
0: On that specific day, too, did they have scouts seeing that they were out traveling? Is that why they decided to mobilize? I Maybe. mean, because like well, they, have, they had
1: Daryl and they had Michonne and Rosita. So, and but that... how
0: did they know that Rick and the gang were going to come out that? day. Were they just going to set up and wait there all yeah, day for them maybe. to show up?
1: maybe. Maybe they were just waiting there. Who knows how long they had been waiting. But yeah. I'm sure after they caught Daryl and Michonne and shit, they were probably like, let's set up some But you're right. Like, how were they at every single northern road going north? And then they have that Walker Red Rover chain and all this. Like, they set them up on every corner. Yep. And then they have Michonne's dreadlocks and the one Walker's head and Daryl's, like, shirt and shit. Yeah. You know, it's very well... Plan like rick is rick in this episode is completely outgunned and completely outmaneuvered mm-hmm. and completely outclassed like it, if you're talking about like the art of war kind of shit well you
0: see it and the amazing acting job by andrew lincoln yeah i mean man. you see it when they get to the red rover which was very cool um that you see in his face like the, you start to see the oh fucks come along yeah and like it was slowly but surely he's like oh fuck like the, there's the confidence and then with every roadblock it's oh fuck more and then when they're there on their knees and they're in like they're in that circle and they're because they're walking maggie they're carrying her on a stretcher and
1: they leave eugene at the rv and they
0: think that's gonna work
1: they think they can walk their way like okay the roads are gone so we'll walk through the fucking forest yeah with maggie on a stretcher and get to the hilltop by morning what the fuck i
0: don't know what they were thinking and but eugene, they didn't know
1: and we basically thought eugene was on a suicide mission he, that's what
0: we were saying where yeah. you're like
1: okay good luck yeah Maybe we'll see you again i mean eugene's still alive now in the comics yeah, he's but, alive after too but yeah totally that doesn't mean much he could have died that and then he's there on his knees right you know, they find him easily easily yeah caught. you know what i mean and they keep them alive. Like it's crazy. Like yeah. they're very calculated. And the whole thing with the guy where they spray paint him because he's from another another compound. Oh,
0: right. Yeah. Yet another. Yeah.
1: Yet another. And that they destroyed because they tried to fight back. And the guy even says like, "This is what happens when you try to fight back. If you would have just gave us your half, every, you know, your monthly half." And the guy's beaten to shit. And by the end of it, the guy has no teeth in his mouth. Like, they all his hang teeth him are over now. a bridge. Well, yeah. And the other roadblock was that giant fire, remember? And then yeah. they drop the guy off the bridge and he's hanging there and he's got the spray paint on his chest. So yeah. you remember it's the same guy. Ugh.
0: Yeah. Well, and we should also talk about the subplot with Carol and Morgan, where Morgan has gone off to find Carol and he, fi- the, the, he finds the, her. the savior that sort of walked after her. Yeah, her.
1: the guy who got shot in the shoulder.
0: Yeah, and he gets her on the ground and shoots her and says, I'm going to watch you die,
1: basically. Well, before that, we should say, because Morgan finds Carol and they oh, like, right. spend the night together in some house. He finds her curled up in a ball in front of some house, and Morgan's on a horse. Yeah. And they have this conversation about how, you know, you know, just let me go, and Morgan's like, I can't do that. And Carol, like, pulls a gun on Morgan yeah. and is like, just let me go. And he goes off to, like, cut a, a walker down from some fucking water you know, some memory. He, he's oh, a he guy who's hanging.
0: Yeah. And he's yeah. on
1: some like electrical uh grid or some electrical tower. And Morgan goes up and cuts her, cuts him down and he goes back and Carol's gone. Yeah. And then that's when Carol by herself sees, uh, you know, gets confronted by the, the savior guy who's right. still alive. And he's like, I'm going to die soon, but I'm going to watch you die before I die. Yeah. And he starts like shooting her in the arm and then shooting her in the leg and like picking her off while she's on the ground. And then she's like laughing and smiling and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I'll shoot you in the leg, you know?
0: Well, and she's like, cause I'm going to die now and there's nothing left to worry about. And then and, and she basically eggs him on to come kill her and he's on his way. And I knew it. I knew this was going to be Morgan having to make, cause Morgan doesn't kill. Remember Morgan's, Morgan's got to make a choice. So we see the guy come over where he's clearly going to probably shoot her in the head and then Morgan shoots the guy. And well, kills Morgan him. shows up. Yeah, and
1: he's like free. Morgan has a gun on him, and then the guy's like, you know, make your move. And you, he's, yeah, and you're like, is Morgan gonna kill this guy? Is he not? Is he gonna shoot him in the arm and go knock him out with his bow staff? Yeah, and like, nah, Morgan clicks in and like two to the chest, two to the head, one to the neck. He shoots him like five times.
0: Well, and he answers the question, which they've all probably been thinking, what will Morgan do if one of our lives is on the line? And that he
1: answered it. He answered it. He has a real like strongness or a strong affection towards Carol though, specifically like he's become, I don't know. It's like his own personal quest to keep Carol safe. Like you're coming back with us. You're hurt. You're not going to make it. I have to get you back to Alexandria. And she's like, no, I'd rather just walk alone until I die.
0: Well, because he sees in her the same thing that he went through. Yeah, like she was like a tough warrior, like he was, like clear and like clear. And then he and then she's he sees that she's gone through this transformation of I can't kill anymore. And he's trying to help her. He wants to be a mentor like the other guy was.
1: Yeah, and the fact that she won't kill anymore, and that she doesn't do it again after yeah. she's already like been like fuck, and she like wipes out a whole truck of saviors. Yeah, and she's which injured, cool. which was awesome. Them. like she's still she's a badass word. they need yeah. her for this this Negan thing like they yeah. need all of them uh, in their best form to beat Negan
0: yeah Ugh. well and then they meet a, a people from another compound on horseback and these sort of outfits like they have like hockey
1: like, pads and football pads yeah. and like fucking flak jackets and shit yeah like they're all sort of armored up Right. And they have spears. So people are saying like, oh, maybe they're just like soldiers from Hilltop. But I think they're from the kingdom.
0: When the kingdom
1: is? And the kingdom is another compound that um, Jesus has good standing with. And once Rick... You know, Negan lets Rick and the gang go. Jesus is like, okay, because Rick tells Jesus like, I have a plan. Because mm-hmm. he makes everyone else think that he's just gonna bend the knee to Negan. He's like, we're just gonna do what he says. Like, we can't do anything. We're gonna give him half of our shit. We're gonna try to live this way. And everyone's like, you're a fucking pussy. Why are you doing this?
0: You're talking about af- next season. Next potentially. season this is comic books. After this whole thing happens with Negan, this yeah, is what happens in the comics. This is what
1: happens in the comics, and so everyone's like, why the fuck would you do that, Rick? Like, you know, we can fight. We have to fight them we have to take them on they kill glenn all this shit and rick is like no and but he goes and tells michonne and jesus that like Look, I gotta play it. We gotta Mm -hmm. be quiet. I don't want the rest of like the you know, our people to know about it, but you need to know about it. Jesus, I need you to go on like a stealth mission. And Jesus, after he goes on the stealth mission, comes back, he's like, The only way we can take them on with numbers is there's this another compound and it's it's called the kingdom Mm -hmm. and it's run by this guy, Ezekiel, and that's when they introduce Ezekiel. They gotta introduce Ezekiel. And yeah, Ezekiel's a cool dude. He's like this like Sort of Rasta looking black guy with dre- like white dreadlocks mm-hmm. and he talks like a king and he's the king of the kingdom and he has a pet tiger named Sheba mm-hmm. that is like on his side. You said he got found her in the zoo after the apocalypse and she was like a cub and he's raised wow. her from a cub. And so they will uh, down the line agree to help Rick, Uh but and then you know then they all have to sort of rally together to fight Negan.
0: Well, so I think it's probably safe to assume, based on what you just told us, that that those two guys on horseback that. Meet Morgan and and Carol are from the kingdom because their outfits looked a little knightish <laughs> they they've got like spears almost that could look like swords and, and they, they're on they, horseback, yeah, and they're on they look like knights, they look like weird apocalyptic knights,
1: yeah, they do they they didn't have helmets on, but they do they have like armor yeah. And so, and then then, I think that was the guy that Rick and Morgan find at the barn the episode prior to this one. Ah, right. The guy that runs away and he loses his horse, and then Morgan has the horse. And it's funny because it's left with them shaking hands, Morgan and this guy – because yeah. Morgan's like, I have your horse. You can have him back now. And then the guy's like, we need help. And, yeah. and then – or Morgan says, we need help. And the guy's like, I think we can help you. And yeah. he's like, I'm so-and-so. And Morgan's like, I'm Morgan. they shake hands. Right. And that's where that storyline's left.
0: So, I mean, you know, people were really upset with the hanging of the, the cliffhanger here. But I agree with you that I think it's co- – I, I and they talked about it on Talking Dead. I think Kirkman or Scott Gimple was saying, this isn't really – leaving you hanging of this story. This is clo- the the close out of this story is Rick's confidence being destroyed. Yeah. Next season's story is what ha- who what they're di- who do. died yeah. in the train and what is it's going to mean for yeah. the group.
1: He basically said like Negan like killing whoever that was was the be- very beginning of a new story, yeah. a new chapter in the in the show. And in the book, but yeah. in the show, this is the beginning of something and the end of an old chapter, beginning of a new chapter. So I, I don't know. I am not, I don't really find it a cliffhanger. I think your average television watcher would find it like some shoddy cliffhanger, but I don't really, I'm just like, yeah, that's what that's what's going to happen. I, I don't need to know who it is yeah. to feel like I'm getting my money's worth. You don't, know?
0: don't you think, and I'm sure we'll get responses from people if I, they disagree with me, but don't you think that... Those of us who have literally been fans since the pilot episode aired on television, and have been through it through the entire thing, episode by episode, not just binge watch it like yeah, for years. From like, don't you year. think those of that those of us in that group like aren't upset about the cliffhanger? I, I feel like if you've been through it from the beginning in that capacity, mm-hmm. you, this is the attitude you have. Just what you said.
1: I think so. I mean, for me, it is uh, uh, maybe because I've read the, a lot of the comic, or because yeah.
0: But I, I haven't. I, I, and I feel that way. I feel that no, this is just fantastic. This is why I love the show. Yeah, it's fantastic writing.
1: Yeah. As a viewer, I don't feel gypped at all. And I, I, to be honest, I feel like it was that scene with Negan and Jeffrey Dean Morgan's performance was so good that mm-hmm. I'm just excited to see what's going to happen next. I don't, I'm yeah. not like, I don't feel slighted or like, oh, they did it again. I felt that you know? way. In prior season finales, where, or prior like mid season finales, where you're like, oh, just tell us, you know. But in this, I'm okay not knowing because we know who Negan is now, and yeah. we know what he's capable of, and his character is really more important to the story than is it Daryl, or is it Abraham, or mm-hmm. is it Glenn, or is it Maggie? You know, it's not going to be Rick because it's not Rick, no, and it's not going to be Michonne, cause no, it's not going to be Carl, but it could be. Glenn Abraham. Or Daryl.
0: It could be Daryl. It could be
1: Daryl. But I don't think it will be Daryl.
0: I think that they ha- they gotta go with Glenn because that's gonna... And I think Negan will go with Glenn because he sees that that's gonna have the most emotional impact to all the rest of them and he wants to do that. Because clearly Glenn showed,
1: he showed his emotion, hand. Yeah. showed his
0: hand. So he knows someone there really loves him and mm-hmm. that they all probably do. So to me... That makes the most sense.
1: Yeah. And they did it in a way because, like I see in the the, um, comic, there's no, like, lashing out from Glenn. And they actually cut out this whole thing thing that Negan says it's like a, a script change where Negan goes through like by race it's like I'm not going to kill you because you're Asian people think I like hate Asians I'm not going to kill the black girl because you know I don't need that I'm not some racist I'm not going to kill a kid I can't mm. kill a kid you know so who's it gonna be you know
0: but then he does kill Glenn then he does kill Glenn <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: exactly so he's like I gotta pick one of you and you know so, oh, it's all you you know then he does the eating meeny miny right. Thing. That he right he does creepy. do that yeah it's so creepy but I mean, I'm more interested in ne- in Jeffrey Dean Morgan's performance and the character of Negan than I am. Which one of them's going to die? Like, it's sad. But... It is
0: sad. It's going to be sad if it is, in fact, Glenn. It's going to be very sad. And and you know, like I keep saying, like he did the "What's it all mean?" speech. So, like to me, when they do that, they die. Yeah. But um, I, I think it's going to be sad. To see Glenn go, since he was there from the beginning, and he's a beloved character. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm a little bit concerned about how they're going to do that. Are we going to have to see Glenn's dead, beaten body? I hope not.
1: Well, literally, his head is, like, opened up and smushed. Oh,
0: I don't want to see that. So
1: they might show it. They might show, like, a where it's, like, Glenn's in the very tight foreground and it's like a tight sort of a shot on Negan so you can kind of see it but it's blurred out like Mm -hmm. I guess or they just sort of pan the camera across it so you get like a quick glimpse but you're just like oh my god or they show it where it's like Negan's another one of Negan's Polaroids and he's like sticking it on the wall and it's Glenn's head and Uh... and you can kind of see it but yeah, I think we're going to show it because in the comic they sh- show it a hundred percent and they I show don't it graphically. See that. It's like one hit, and he says like, "Whoa, took it like a champ." And he's sort of like, because in the comic he's like, M- "Maggie," like that. He's like, "Wow, you're still fighting." And then he like hits him again, and then hits him again, and oh. you hear it like there's like seven hits uh, from Negan in the in the end of the show. It's like bang, and it gets squishier and squishier oh, with each no.
0: hit. Oh no! So they might.
1: Sh- I mean, they show it in the comic. Like very graphically.
0: But that, I mean, and they've done some graphic. I mean, er, Herschel's head coming off was pretty bad. Yeah. Like I just hope they don't go full like like they did in Game of Thrones with the um, Viper, in the, the Viper in the Mountain. That was so, that like almost lost me with the squishing with of the, the, his head. Yeah,
1: by his hands. Like he just squishes wow. his head together with his fucking hands. Yeah. And like we all fall in love with you know the knight of dorn or yeah. the dornish prince yeah you know and then for him to die that way it's like so unjust and also so barbaric i know you, know, you just want him to be like quickly stabbed through the chest Ugh. or fall to his knees and be like oh i tried you know but it's like no, nah, he had him too you yeah. know that's the other thing is like he, you you had to just kill him man don't don't try to get a confession from him just kill yeah. him you know he did it and then he admits that he did it right before he fucking squishes his head in
0: and that was bad. I didn't feel like this to me is going to be so bad because I have, you know, many people like you sort of think of Glenn as like your little brother almost. you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like that I, I can feel how people are going to feel the pain of it.
1: Oh, yeah. It's going to resonate. It's going to sort of ripple through the fan base. And yeah. And if we do go to a Walker Stalker Con again after this, because when does the show come back? September or something like October. that? October. October. And Walker Stalker Con's like at the In end October, of October. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some big, like, they're definitely going to hold like a memoriam panel for Glenn. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to do like a bunch of shit. But he'll be like forever, like, you know what's the word, sort of, you know... Immortalized. Stand, uh, yeah, by the show, and his character is beloved. So even in Death, Glenn will be one of the most beloved characters on the show. Like, he'll oh always no. have a place at leave. the Walker Stalker cons. And I look at it as like, look, the guy got six seasons on the biggest television show ever. Yeah. I mean, as an actor.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah.
1: you know, and he's done, he's done a lot on the show, he, you know. He's had a huge character arc. He's done a lot of growing... He never, you know, he did the whole. They did the whole thing where it's like a tester for Glenn to see how people would react if he does die with, and the, it with Nicholas. Didn't go well. People didn't were go pissed. well at all. And a lot of people thought he was dead. I mean, he's got to be dead. He's got to be dead. And yeah. Were like, no, no. I didn't think he was dead because they would shortchange us down the line with the Negan incident. So I'm like, no, nah, he can't be dead.
0: It almost would have been better to go that way. <clears throat> I mean, my God, this is to be like that's the thing I think too that makes this worse because when if you just if you told this to people. And you said, "Okay, which do you think this is worse, over a trough about to have your throat slit, beaten in the head and then eaten by people at Terminus? Or this guy takes a a barbed wire bat and beats your head to death? They'd say, oh, the barbed wire bat. But no, because there's something about this scene that... The fact that we just—I don't think we really believe they were going to die over the troth at terminus. Whereas no. here, we know one Someone's of them's dying. dead. Yeah, and we know it. We don't even know it. Like when you, you don't have to read the comic books, you don't have to know what's happening. You don't have to see him hit with them with the bat. You feel the anticipation of it. The way they wrote it and built it up is okay. This is so. This is worse than anything. You know something's going to happen that's going to break your heart.
1: Well, the way yeah, the way it's done also too. It's like you really feel like it's the literal end of the road for someone yep Like with the roadblocks and they finally like like it's only a matter of time till they get caught. It's not like they're going to escape and then to go on foot like they're going to we're going to get you like from that very instant moment when Rick has that whole conversation with the one savior is like, do you want today to be your last day? And he's still confident because they go to that first roadblock, but they still have to go in reverse. Yeah. They didn't take them on and defeat them in the roadblock. They're still like, okay, Rick leaves confident, but he's still leaving from a fight. And so that alone, and then all these roadblocks keep showing up. And so by the time they finally are on their knees with Negan, like end of the road for someone. It was, it's cool writing. You know and and so yeah even if you didn't know I mean Twitter was a buzz the internet was a buzz someone's dying like it's almost certain even if you don't know anything about the show someone's gonna die but even without all of that being known you still would know as someone the first time watching the show is like he's not kidding he's not like I gotta kill one of you haha just kidding get out of here but give me your shit yeah yeah like no I'm killing Mm -hmm. one of you and you're all gonna watch
0: yeah well in the anticipation of doing like they're all kneeling there waiting to die not knowing which one of them's gonna die or not knowing what's going to happen i mean that was it's just it's terrifying well
1: and the coolest thing about that is jeffrey d morgan really and the character negan really like shows that you are all at the mercy of me right now yeah it's i am the judge jury and executioner and you're gonna wait till i'm done like pontificating like he kind of like goes on like an evil fucking soliloquy of like a speech, and he's really slow paced, and he's smiling. Yeah, like he's never like his heart rate's not raised, his mm. anger's not raised. Like even when first you kill my guys, and then when I send my guys to kill you, you kill those guys. You know, yeah. I mean? yeah. But he's never like really mad. He's just sort of like, I gotta do this. I gotta kill one of you. There's yeah. gotta be a punishment, and, so, and the fact that that scene is so long, and he's the only one talking.
0: Yes, until
1: Glenn gets up and is like, "No!" But that's that's just not that's not like a conversation. That's not dialogue. Right? Like he is like it's this giant monologue, and then he picks someone to kill. Like I kind of want to watch that scene again. It's, it's probably it's one of the horrifying. most intense. Tension building scenes of the entire show ever. Yeah, and they've been through so much. And you know the, go- the what's the guy who plays the governor? Like he's a great actor. Yeah, but like that character's different. The character's more of a hothead, and more un- unhinged, it's a little
0: campier too. Yeah. Not as scary, even though he did horrible things, and you know, yeah. But it isn't this guy. You
1: always felt like the governor will be defeated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like it's not the governor's not one hundred percent. Like we can get this guy. Like as long as he doesn't, you know, get another crew and like things go our way, we'll get we'll get his ass. You know, right? With Negan, the way they leave it, it's like you're not going to win against me. You're not, or you're you're just going to die. You know. Yep. And I'm going to kill one of you right now to show you that and it's going to be a brutal killing. I'm not going to just shoot you in the back of the head. And I got this bat that is like I've named and it's my girlfriend yeah. and shit. Like he's crazy, man. It's it's great television. Yeah, it's a great it really character. Is. I want to watch the scene again, just that scene.
0: <sighs> well, Hopefully, everyone out there enjoyed it as much as we did and, and got some therapy after watching it um,
1: Yeah, because right. it was
0: intense. I definitely didn't sleep for a couple nights. Um, oh, and speaking of things that didn't that forced me not to sleep.
1: Oh, we should say before we go on to that, uh, Fear the Walking Dead season two, episode one is coming on this Sunday.
0: This Sunday, which we will watch from the Roanoke in Seattle
1: yeah if they're playing it we're going to be in Seattle we should say then also we're going to be in Seattle this week and covering Emerald City Comic Con Yep. and we have a lot of stuff lined up for that we'll have a couple of cool podcasts a lot of cosplay pictures and cool panels we're going to go to Yep. we'll be back you know our next podcast we're going to cover all of that
0: Norman Reedus is going to be there so yep. some exciting stuff Uh, we saw the Green Inferno and we're not going to do a full review on this but it is Eli Roth's third in his travel trilogy horror movies cabin fever and Hostel being the other two and it's cannibalism it's horrible it's terrifying
1: well it's like amazonian cannibalism Ugh. like tribal cannibalism and if you're not a fan of gore and horror like don't wise isn't i would say it's not sort of like for the fair weather let's throw on a horror movie mm. sort of final destination or insidious kind of thing like, but I, as I described it to you, I enjoyed it the whole time. Like you, definitely, have I to, had to like, turn away. away. Yeah. I never turned away. But I'm at a point now. I, I watch so much horror that I look at it as just like going to pay to go into a haunted house. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's fun. It's it's disturbing, and there's points where you're just like, oh no, no, oh no, like oh god. Yeah. But if you really want to have a disturbing time at the movies. <laughs> I would say go see it because it's not so bad and so over the top. It's
0: pretty over the top. And you gave me the play-by-note. You give me a play-by-play when I turn around. So I'm like hearing how horrible it is and well I mean bad like enough. over
1: the top like like hostile to me like as gory as it was it was kind of over the top that it was kind of corny and even though it uh-huh. was so gory but this it, 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 you almost feel like there is a tribe out there that would re- ritualistically that's why it's so upsetting and like yeah it, and, and they're college kids and they're fucking you know like super social justice college warrior kids so it's like it's kind of cool that they're getting because <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of twats yeah
0: yeah you know? except for the one, but it's okay. It's, I wouldn't put this a as a movie. great movie. I'd probably give it like a six.
1: I'd give it like a seven. No. As a horror movie. Sure. Yeah. And people were hating on it so bad in the reviews and it's not a great movie, but if you want to go be fucking disturbed and scared, Go see it. I mean, right. I mean I'm mean, trying to think of the last movie I saw that was like this level of like, there's, you know, it's straight up like tribal cannibalism, chopping people up on a stone slab and yeah. eating their tongue and their eyes. And
0: ah.
1: Then there's the whole like female genital mutilation Yeah, sequence. but they don't show it. Don't they worry. don't show it and they don't, they almost they don't do, do it. it. They don't do it, but they sort of lead up to that and, you know, they don't do it. But it's fucking, I don't know, for my money, like right. I look at it as going to... To a haunted house and getting fucking freaked out.
0: Yeah, I look at it a little bit more disturbing than that. But, okay, if I say six, you say seven, we're giving it a 6.5.
1: Sure, yeah, cool. I would go see it if you want to, you know, be be warned. It does, you know, it takes a while to get there with the, like, the really disturbing stuff, but once you get there, you're like, holy yeah. fucking shit. <laughs> and like, cool, it's cool. I thought it was fun.
0: The Well, and a, part of the reason why I wouldn't, like, my review is what it is, is because the ending they lost me with the ending. I don't like what they did with the ending at all. It was like kind of a cop-out and uh, yeah, but yeah if you are a big-time horror fan and you're if you're an Eli Roth fan, you're probably going to really like it.
1: Yeah, and if you've seen Cabin Fever and fucking Hostel, like Cabin Fever is not that raunchy, gory. It's kind of, you know, gory, disease kind of thing, but Hostel is like one Ugh. of the most over the top gory movies of all of
0: all time. Of
1: all, of all like American gore, yeah, American at least. gore, yeah. But yeah, this definitely is like more disturbing than Hostel. Yeah, and it's cooler. I think it's way cooler than Hostel. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's yeah, it is. I think it's, yeah.
1: yeah, it just seems more grounded. Even the whole like buying people to kill them thing probably exists. It's just uh, Hostile is just so kind
0: upsetting. of upsetting. Yeah.
1: It's all upsetting. It's it's definitely like upsetting, disturbing horror movies. Yeah. But if you like horror, check this out. Definitely. <laughs> I am a horror fan.
0: So am I. But I do get squeamish. Uh, so that's it for us this week, folks. Uh, stay tuned for our Emerald City Comic Con podcast.
1: And one more shout out to Matt Biancanello and his new book.
0: Eat Your Drink.
1: Which we both have a really cool hard copy covered personalized sign by Matt congratulations on your book release and your book party Uh, he made this really killer bloody mary it's called like the seven step bloody mary or 17 ingredient bloody mary or something like that wow and that was really good yeah
0: i loved that he made
1: this like poblano chili infused tequila drink with blood orange and that was probably my favorite yeah
0: that was really good too because there
1: was this like it's like this peppery kick in there and the tequila mixed really well with tequila. The idea of chilies and tequila anyway. And I'm a tequila fan. And then the blood orange is a fresh blood orange juice. gives it that really cool yeah. red, rich red color. I, I really enjoyed the drinks. And then I'm excited to read the book. And, you know.
0: Me as well. Shout
1: out to him and expect a new interview with him, I think. Yeah, something.
0: we'll be talking to him very soon going through uh, the cocktails and in the drink and in the in the book. Sorry. The and book's cool man. The book's very cool. It's called Eat Your Drink. It's available now. Um, you can go to his website at eatyourdrink.com and get it.
1: And great guy, stand-up guy we and real creative. Have you. Real creative guy. I can't believe it. What he came from to being just like at the forefront of mixology. Yeah. Like probably one of the best bar you know, drink makers in the world.
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. If you want to hear a little bit more about the history, you can go to uh, her, our soundcloud.com forward slash Modcast, and there's a whole bunch of tracks in which we interviewed matthew
1: yeah Vanilla. i've never had drinks like that and i'm not even a cocktail fan like if i really want to drink i'll just drink tequila or, <laughs> or you know or, or whiskey scotch, bourbon, you or like scotch that. but yeah. yeah if i want to like drink drink scotch i like to just sort of sip sip it if i want to like get turned you know like turn up let's Drink, you know. Yeah. Well, and as,
0: he made us a drink called the Herald and Mod Tale, which is on our website.
1: Yeah, and he took his guy. this guy's brilliant. He took stuff. He's like, okay, hey, what do what do you like? What do I like? And he sort of took just little pieces of those ingredients and shook it up in a bottle, and poured it in a glass, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, it's our drink. Yeah, it was like smoked sriracha and maple syrup and bourbon and what was you like? He says like fresh berries. Yeah. Or, you know, and he,
0: it was incredible. Yeah.
1: It's stuff that you think would not work. It's like, wow, this is a, a fucking custom, unique drink, made yeah, specifically for us in the show. Yep, and it was delicious. It was. So it's a really interesting guy, real. Right? You gotta hey, give it to the guy yep. and give it to his art, his you know, culinary cocktails. He calls Yes. Them. bar chef. Bar chef.
0: All right. Well, thanks everyone, and uh, we'll see you soon, jerks.
1: Uh, over and out, jerks. <laughs> Pick the fine time to leave me Lucille With four hungry children And a crop in the field.